Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you're having a great start to your week. As always, if it's not Monday when you're listening, I hope you're having a great day whenever this finds you, whatever you're doing. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year. It's the start of 2021. Um, I know that I've heard and I've seen a lot of statuses and I've heard a lot of people say, well, 2021 has not been the best year already. And Man, I know that it's been tough, um, not denying reality, but I really, really, really want us to lean in and listen maybe to what Jesus has to say. I think what I'm going to talk about in this podcast um, is really important and has a lot to do with what we're walking through right now as as a culture, as a community, as a world in general, um, just as people and as children of God. And so... I hope you'll lean in and um, that we would change that posture posture of hopelessness to hopeful um, because, guys, that's what we have as, as people who follow Jesus. That is our permanent posture because, look, we aren't, we're just passing through, right? We are, our sight is set on heaven, and we know that God is up to something. So, anyway, before we get started, um, let's refocus, right? If you're, if you're new to this podcast— We do this every single week. It's based around focusing on one word. And so we refocus together. So if you can, close your eyes. If not, no worries. All good. I'm just going to help us refocus. So F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, unplug from distractions. S, saturate your soul in him (sighs) i always need to take a deep breath sometimes um just remembering to breathe honestly it sounds so elementary but sometimes just that first start of it helps and you just kind of take a deep breath and go (sighs) he's god and i'm not right okay so last week y'all we talked about the power of choice and as believers how we have authority over the choices that we make I don't know about y'all, but throughout the past week, I've really been challenged to consider, who am I listening to? Do I really believe that God is good? If I made this decision, would I run to God or would I want to run away from him? You know, do I trust him with these everyday decisions and this power of choice? And it was crazy just because that was such on the forefront of my mind how I noticed how often we let the pressure that surrounds us make the decision instead of the one who literally controls everything around us, right? Um, And so this week, we are talking all about forgiveness. And choice will come into this because we are the ones who choose whether we walk in this forgiveness that we say that we know and we have received from Jesus. And honestly, this word is one of those that I think we mark off as, yeah, of course I forgive. 
And yeah, of course I need to be forgiven. And I don't think we realize the depths in which this word calls and captures our hearts. The basis of our faith is wrapped around this concept and truth of forgiveness. It's what the cross represented, the literally the symbol of Christianity itself. It's what the cross represented is forgiveness. So don't you think it's worth asking? Like, what does God ask of us when it comes to forgiveness? And what is stopping us from walking in that forgiveness? So I wanted to start the scripture from Colossians. It's Colossians 3.13. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And reading that, it's like, yeah, of course I should. Like, I have been forgiven. But y'all, so many times, I don't think we think about it as unforgiveness. But we have these, I'm going to go through three separate things that I think are really big roadblocks to walking in the forgiveness that Jesus offers us and that Jesus has already given us. That's the crazy thing. It's like we're hesitant to give out something that has literally been lavished on us so immensely. It's it's what allows us to have a life. And so I want to go through three different things because I think as we point out and we get specific, that's the thing is when we're ambiguous about our faith, is that it allows us to speak in generalities and not get honest about where we're at on these things. And so I want to dig a little bit deeper. That's the point of this podcast is to go, okay, so if I'm not forgiving, or what does it look like to not practice forgiveness? Who am I not forgiving? Or why do I not feel forgiven? Or what is stopping me? And why am I holding on to it? What is that doing for my life? And so this first one that I want to talk about is offense. I was thinking about this word and just realizing it's so crazy how we think we have power over people or situations or leverage per se doing little uh quotations with my fingers um in a relationship if someone has wronged us because we think we think because we think that they owe us something or we get like a leg up you know but here's the thing about offense choosing not to forgive someone never gives us more power rather it gives that person or that thing power over us Y'all, we are the ones that suffer when we waste time hoping someone else receives what we view as justice being served, right? Events clouds our vision because it makes us start looking from a very introspective point of view. And there, that is very, very dangerous. When we see life and situations through the filter of, I feel offended, right? Can you hear me say that? Like, you know that tone. It's like, Oh, that's that like and I think sometimes the thing about offense is we don't even we would not term it that way, but it's this wedge that keeps us from being um authentically ourselves in a relationship or seeing someone as authentically them. It gives this filter and it's it's like having a filing cabinet, um, when we see from this introspective point of view. And the entire top drawer is folders for everyone and everything in our lives. Okay, go with me here on this visual. And we are just waiting for people to offend us. It's like this filing cabinet where everything that someone says, when we want to live offended, y'all, if we want to find a reason to be offended, we will always find one. Always. We are human. We're surrounded by humanity, and we live in a broken world. Offense is all around. And so the problem is, is when we are looking to fill that filing cabinet, that's exactly how we'll spend our time. 
and exactly what will be our mind is constantly feeling it. This person offended me. This situation offended me. And what it does is it strips us of our effectiveness. You know, we claim how much we despise offense, and yet we are the ones begging for it because we are choosing to be offended. And I talk about this in the devotional, but I want you to imagine this scenario. Okay, so you really need to go somewhere, right? Your car is in the driveway. It started. You're dressed like you are fully ready to go. So you go outside, and when you go outside, you put a roadblock behind your car. You get the roadblock all set up, and you make sure it's really, really blocking the path. Like you can't go anywhere. And then you get in the driver's seat and you try to reverse, but you realize the roadblock that you just put is there. Does this not seem utterly ridiculous? But y'all, this is what offense does. The only person offense stops and keeps stagnant is us. Notice how everyone else is pulling out of their driveway and carrying on with their lives and Say we had somewhere really awesome to go. Or say we are on our way to make some true change. We are passionate. We are ready. We are fired up. Offense stops our ability to do that because it is literally getting in our own way. And the problem with that is that it also is choosing to focus on more of what hurt us than more of how God wants to heal us. And so we don't allow God to be at work in our own hearts because we so tightly want to cling to something that's offensive. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Y'all, overlooking an offense does not make us weak. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Overlooking an offense does not make us weak. It also does not condone the action of another. But what it does say is I am way more focused and way more aware of what my God wants to do in this situation and through me and in this world. So I am not going to let offense be the roadblock that's in my driveway. Okay. This next one is called is bitterness. Bitterness. Doesn't the word like just the word alone. It sounds Okay, I'm, I'm such a word person, but it literally sounds chalky to me. Like, just a bad aftertaste. And and honestly, it's exactly what it is. And bitterness is often based on fear. Like, it says, I want others, and especially the person that hurt me, to know that they hurt me. And if I carry on with a cheerful attitude and a loving spirit as though I was never hit, how will others know what I've had to endure? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if... Bitterness holds on to this thought process like, I have to live in the wound that I've received or else nobody will know the pain that I've had to endure. And let's be honest, we desire the sympathy that usually accompanies our wallowing, our moping around, and our self-pity. But y'all, what this also reveals is that we often are way more concerned and focused on our orientation and our reputation towards other people rather than our orientation towards God. What do I mean by that? Well, we know how forgiving God is. And so we would rather withhold our forgiveness to others and have to let down God than to forgive others and let down our flesh. Like we want to serve, 
what feels good in the moment and, and protect our orientation towards people or what we think is protecting rather than orienting ourselves towards God and trusting his forgiveness, right? And so it, it brought me to this question when I was thinking about this. And, and it's, it's a question that I really want you to stop and I want you to ponder it, okay? Are we willing to forgive and treat others better than they treat us if God is the only one that knows? In other words, is it enough for us if only God knows the depths of our pain? Is it enough for us if only God knows the extent to which we had to walk in forgiveness? Is it enough? Because I think we say yes, like naturally looking at that question, yes, of course. But the only reason why you would hold on to bitterness is if the answer is no. Right? We need other people to know how we've been wronged. We need other people to know so that true justice can be served. We need other people to know because it wasn't fair. But God knows, and isn't that enough? I mean, how much pain did he have to endure? And does he endure all the time from his people? And he washes us white as snow every single time, knowing, knowing Knowing, knowing, knowing that the next day we will betray him again. So why for us is it not enough if only God knows the depths of our pain? Are we willing to forgive and treat others better than they treat us if God is the only one that knows? When I was thinking about times when I've acted out of bitterness, I realized how dumb. (laughs) I don't have another adjective because seriously, they just sounded so childish. All these examples, when I was thinking back at it, like when I said them out loud, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so immature. And looking back, it's so obvious that it was only hurting me. And I have a really dumb example I'm going to share with you guys. But honestly, I think it's the everyday happenings that we tend to let bitterness grow and make us kind of passive aggressive. And it robs us of our joy. And so I'm going to share this with you. You can judge me if you'd like, but if you judge me, that's on you, okay? <laughs> because we all have these really silly instances and examples. And if we, I think if we can capture and be aware of these everyday happenings as they happen, then we can take hold of them and go, wait a second. I'm not letting myself get bitter or walk in a fence. This is silly. Lord, help me in this moment, and we can move forward. So... Recently, my husband went on a golf trip, and I was so glad he was able to go. And then he sent some pictures of the sunset and his dinner view, and I had a really, really rough day, like one of those days at work where he's just, it was, it was just really hard. And I was annoyed at myself and my own mood because I could feel it kicking my joy. You know, I, I could feel like the, the mood had set. I had chosen to be in that mood, and I couldn't kick it, and it was driving me crazy because I could hear my own mental chatter And I knew it wasn't true. I knew it was based on fear that wasn't accurate. But I kind of sat in it for so long that I just couldn't kick it from my mind. And and so then I was bitter towards him for being where I was not. (laughs) And then my pride kept me from realizing how immature I was being. Or when I did realize it, at that point I kind of dug my own grave. And so I didn't want to change my mood because that would require me to get honest and be like, that was so dumb. I'm sorry. I was, I was being slightly passive aggressive because you're on vacation and I'm not. And this is so silly. And then I became bitter at my own 
bitterness. Okay, don't worry. I, I, I apologize slightly um, or shortly thereafter. That evening, I was like, wow, so sorry. Oh, my goodness. But do you see what I mean? Like, this is such a small example. But this is what bitterness does. It starts small, and it finds anything that will feed it. Bitterness is a hungry monster. Seriously. And it eventually sucks the life out of you. And it loves it. The enemy loves to do bitterness. because He loves when we walk in that because he doesn't have to really alter anything. It's all about our perspective and our gratitude. And so what he does is he just wants us to kind of hang on to it and nurse it and allow it to grow. And then all of a sudden we're in this mood and we're like, wait a second. And then we're bitter. We rob ourselves of joy and we try and take that joy from others. And so I just think if we can keep this tough mind and realize when we're walking in bitterness and, and just kind of have that chalky um, sense about the way the way that our words are coming out, the way that we're viewing a situation Um, and realize that it's stripping us of our joy, I think we'll see how often, if we can just capture it in the moment, that we can turn it around. The third one is shame. And I think a big reason why a lot of us walk around with shackles tied to our feet that are linked to unforgiveness that we don't even realize is present is because we extending forgiveness would require addressing the pain that's requiring that forgiveness and when we address that pain we often feel ashamed that it's part of our story you see shame is one of those things that I feel like as a culture and as a society we don't like to talk about um like guilt is probably more socially acceptable to talk about because it's more linked to action and shame is just this like deep um pain of of who we believe that we are based on something that we've done or Um, you know, this can include like relationship struggles. This can include abuse of any kind. This can include as deep as like childhood trauma. This can include anything where we have this shame and we allow it to fester. And this also includes forgiving ourselves, which honestly is something I struggle with. And honestly, I think a lot of people do. It's just not something that a lot of times is talked about. And the thing is, is that shame tells us pretty much shame's favorite thing to say is stay hidden, stay hidden, stay hidden. Because if you stay in the darkness, you can't see what's in the light. And the light allows us to see the freedom that we've already been given in Jesus, the forgiveness that he's already extended us, and the grace that he has lavished on us that we can then lavish on other people. Shame tells us, okay, well, this happened in the past, and so this is who you are now. But forgiveness tells a different story. And so, you know, I think too when I was thinking about why I struggle to forgive myself sometimes, um, I think we view it as like if I view myself as extra sinful, okay, then I'm saying God is extra holy. When in reality, if we truly believe that God is holy and without reproach, then there's nothing that we could do that would have the ability to change his mind about us, a.k.a. shame would have no place in our lives. And what we see with these three different things, shame, bitterness, and offense, is that they're all related to pride. They're all related to us. They're all related to how am I viewed. They're all related to how do I feel offended. How do I feel hurt? Why am I walking in bitterness? How do they view me? I feel ashamed. You see, all of it is this lens where we are the focus of, of it, and then it, it distorts our perspective. And here's the part 
the hard part about following Jesus is that we can feel our feelings of hurt and frustration and our pain can even be justified. But just because our pain, frustration, or feelings are warranted does not mean that they're what Jesus asks asks of us as believers. We have to navigate the hard line. Okay, and here's here's the hard part about forgiveness. We have to navigate the hard line of being wronged but not responding wrongly because of it. See, others do not set the bar for our actions. When we are children of God, others have nothing to do with how we respond. We can respond based on the grace and the love that we receive from Jesus rather than seek repercussions for the hurt we have received from others. It's that changing of the lens, right? So what helps us surrender our pride? If all these three roadblocks are related to pride, then how can we remove them? What are some practical things that we can hold on to and some things that we can do and and focus our eyes on so that we can walk in this forgiveness? The first one's humility. Understanding the grace that we ourselves have been given opens our eyes. And when we realize the destruction, y'all, I mean, that sounds intense, but it is meant to. Like when we realize the destruction we would cause and the destruction we do cause, and the fact that the God, that God of the universe doesn't just forgive us, okay, he desires to partner with us, it immediately ushers in humility. Matthew 18, 32 through 35 says, Then his master summoned to him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This verse, y'all, is from the parable story when Peter asked Jesus. He's like, Father, like, Jesus, how many times should we forgive our brother? And so Jesus talks about, he, he brings up this parable and he talks about two servants. And the first one is forgiven of his debt by the king. And this servant then approaches the other servant. So the one who's been forgiven by the king of all his debt approaches this other servant who owes him and the king money. And the servant who had just been completely forgiven, like his slate had totally been wiped clean by the king, he approaches the other servant who owes him money and he throws him in prison until he is able to pay. And this is when the scripture comes into play. And what Jesus is saying here is, hey, are you aware of how you got to where you are? Like this is a parable because what he wants us to see is he and he ends with it. The scripture is, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart, he's saying, I forgave you of so much. Do you understand how you got in the position that you are? Do you understand that the shackles that have been removed from your own feet are not so that you can place them on the feet of another? Right? How are you going to deny another's forgiveness when it is the very reason for your existence? It's the forgiveness that I have given you. And something that it really helps us um, operate in this posture of humility is prayer. Prayer helps us get in this position. It's, it's the practical surrendering of whatever we are carrying and bringing it to Jesus. Y'all, if we are struggling to forgive ourselves, 
if we are struggling to forgive another, if we are struggling to even understand the situation of forgiveness, I mean, I even think about what the country as a whole right now, I don't think it's enough just to pray because prayer always leads to action. Because Jesus tells us that faith without works is dead, right? But what it's saying is, is as a people, we don't have to work to earn the forgiveness of our Father. But because we have received it so freely, so fully, then it, 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 it is our responsibility to usher this onto a hurting world. What does that look like? Prayer definitely is the first And the most important and urgent thing we should be doing right now on a daily basis, Jesus, how can I live and forgive like you? What does it look like? He wants us for that, for us. He wants that for us and our nation more than anyone. And he will show us. So I just encourage you and me myself too, you know, to just stay in prayer with that continually humbling ourselves To constantly remember, I don't know the way. I am not God, but Lord, you are. You will show me. You will help me. Can you help me see the situation? Is there something that I need to ask forgiveness for? Is there something like make my heart tender? Show me gentleness. I mean, prayer is something that continually says, you are God. I am not. You know the way. I don't. And I think that's always, that's just such a um, simple and often an easy thing that we forget. So the second thing is empathy. What is empathy? Well, empathy is having a heart for understanding and eyes to see others as Jesus sees them. And empathy is not just, you know, lending a hand to another and saying, hey, get up. Empathy is literally sitting beside that person amidst the muck of whatever they are walking through and seeing life through their perspective in order to greater understand their pain and their struggle. You know, empathy doesn't change whether an action is right or wrong. Like if we decide to have empathy for someone else, it does not mean that we are condoning even what they do or the lifestyle they are living or anything like that. However, what it often does is it helps reveal to us the motivation behind the action. And motivation often reveals the origin of that person's wound. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that again. Empathy doesn't change. Whether an action is right or wrong. However, what it often does is helps reveal to us the motivation behind the action. And motivation often reveals the origin of that person's wound. Empathy helps us see others through the eyes of Jesus and therefore helps us pursue the heart of Jesus and forgiveness. Y'all, when we have eyes that are willing to see and a heart that's willing to, to be open and vulnerable and feet that are willing to go to the hard places and, and a posture that's willing to get low and sit with people and whatever they're walking through, forgiveness is going to be much easier to reach. Because we're going to just, it, it's really easy and it's really comfortable to only see what's on the surface. But empathy says, no, no, no. I know, I know my God. And I know the complexities of my own heart. And so I can't be foolish or short-sighted enough to say that what is on the surface is, is the only reason why. So I'm going to have empathy for what's behind it. And empathy, like we will never regret having more empathy. Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And the good and the bad and the hard and the heavy and all that's going on. I really 
think right now empathy is so crucial and not comfortable empathy not comfortable empathy empathy that reaches past what we're used to our comfort zone and we're willing to look deep into the lives of others three is celebrate there is something about celebrating that is so freeing I think it really channels our focus to what God has already done and helps us walk in the faith of what he we know he will do So when we choose to celebrate, we are opening our eyes to the sovereignty and the grace of God. And doing this gives us greater strength to forgive when we don't understand or when we're struggling with our current view. Like when we choose to celebrate, we are choosing to open our eyes. And celebrating despite popular belief, it doesn't have to be birthed out of feeling. And I know that that sounds really contrary to probably how we often operate, But we can literally coach our person, like tell ourselves to celebrate God's victory and promise over another and ourselves. And what this often does is, you know, we talked about bitterness earlier and celebration often unlocks bitterness as we realize that sharing and joy is far greater justice than what we thought would be revenge. Celebration is one of those things where I think the enemy a lot of times wants to keep us from celebrating because he knows how freeing it is. I mean, scripture talks all the time about angels rejoicing and how heaven celebrates, celebrates the accomplishments and victory and strength of God's people. And I just think that there is a lot of power in stopping and pausing and being aware of what God is doing and celebrating Like saying, you know what, we're not where we want to be and we're struggling with this or I don't love this current view or this is happening, but I am choosing to speak life in the place that we are going and the hope that I have and in the sovereignty and grace of God. I think that's a really powerful thing and I think that it helps us walk in forgiveness because y'all sometimes we have to almost coach ourselves in that celebration before we're going to really see the tenderness and gentleness of God and so it's just these practical things that help us get us there sometimes so humility empathy celebrate and the fourth one is serve there is something about physically showing up to help someone else that is really helpful to seeing life from a different perspective serving helps us kind of rid ourselves of entitlement and really just opens the floodgates of gratitude And in my opinion, I think gratitude is um, kind of the decision to just focus more on the healing power of Jesus rather than the hurt that we have experienced, right? So it is saying God is up to something. I am focusing on that. I do feel hurt. I do feel slighted. Life isn't fair. I don't love the, the deck of cards that I have holding in my hand. I don't love what I feel like I'm walking through. I don't feel like he or she should have done that. This is my situation, all of that. But then saying, you know what? I'm going to walk in gratitude. And out of my gratitude, I'm going to serve someone else. I'm going to physically put one foot in front of the other or one hand extended so that I can focus more on the healing power of Jesus rather than the hurt that I've experienced. And doing so empowers us with the ability to forgive what we don't always understand 
Y'all, forgiveness does not always require and often doesn't require comprehension. We may not ever understand why something was done to us um, in our lives. We may not have comprehension may not ever be available. But that's not what is required for forgiveness. We can walk in forgiveness because we know that Jesus heals, that he delivers, that he's available, that he's tenderhearted. And because he forgave us, we can forgive ourselves and others. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 So I don't know you know, where you're at. I don't know how this podcast hit you. I don't know if when you heard the term forgiveness, you wanted to turn it off, Um, which probably means that you have some, maybe some shame or some bitterness or, um, you know, some offense that you're clinging to and you're holding on to and it's gotten really comfortable. So I hope that you challenge yourself to really stop for a minute. You know, who are you struggling to forgive? Anyone? It might be you. Um, or who are you, like, where, why is your freedom, what is your roadblock? Is, is, are you in the, in the driveway and God has a lot of purpose for the place that he wants you to go, but you've put that roadblock behind you and that offense or that shame or that bitterness is keeping you from walking or driving in the freedom of being a child of God because we have been forgiven. We can extend that same forgiveness. Every week in the devotional, there is also a focus tip. And this is a very practical suggestion to help apply this word in our lives. So this week's is this. Search your heart for any past hurts that you are still holding on to and let go of them. Lean on God to help you. Also this week, when you feel yourself starting to hold on to feelings of resentment, focus on the word forgiveness. Recite the activating scriptures and don't allow the roadblock of offense on your driveway. I hope that y'all really lean into this. I think right now with a view of everything, with what's on the news, with what fills our social media timelines, with what our families are walking through, with just all the brokenness, but y'all really with the hope of heaven on the horizon, really what it's out of is yes, realizing the hurt. But seeing the healing power of Jesus, forgiveness is something we have to realize the power of this. It, it, it unleashes us to really walk in the fulfillment of being a child of God and bringing heaven to earth. That's the point. We're not trying to just strive until we get home. We want to bring heaven to earth. So I'm going to end with the Monday prayer. If you can, close your eyes. I think it just helps you receive it. Listen. Take a deep breath. Relax, get ready for your day, your week, wherever you find yourself. If you can't close your eyes, no worries, but just lean in. Dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. With the sunrise that brought the morning light came the reminder of your unwavering forgiveness and strength. Thank you for offering me this fresh fresh slate, this new week, this entire life. Will you develop in me the awareness to know when I'm one when I'm holding on to offense, speaking in bitterness, or letting shame have a foothold? Unearth anything that prohibits me from walking in the full freedom you have given me. 
the kind that is holy and independent of circumstances. Show me how to be more empathetic to others, choosing to sit in their pain with them and be a voice of kindness and grace. Posture my heart in humility and focus my eyes on you so that I may see. I want to see others as you see them, speaking to the beauty in all that they are and in the hope in all that they can be. You are always at work. Help me forgive myself or others and purify my mind white as snow. Let me be an example to those around me of my Father's gentleness. Thank you for helping me choose celebration over bitterness, gratitude over entitlement, and grace over offense. You make my life beautiful. This week, I will have listening ears, an understanding heart, and a calm mind. In the forgiving, faithful, and forever name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, guys. Thank you for leaning in and hanging on for this episode all about forgiveness. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it challenges you, honestly. This is never an easy topic to talk about, but it's so important. Um, But I hope you have a great week. I hope that you remember that if you have anything that you're struggling to remember that you're forgiven for, that you just let Jesus wash your wash your slate, right? You White as snow is what he says. From the east to the west, that you are loved, that you are seen, and that he has great purpose for you. We have places to go, y'all. We got to remove these roadblocks. I hope y'all have a great week. Um, as always, if this encouraged you, share it with a friend, tag it, tag me in your stories if you do, um, and subscribe to the podcast. And I just wanted to say thank y'all for your ratings and reviews. Um, we just surpassed over 55,000 downloads and wow, I'm so grateful. I'm just, thank you so much for being here and for your time. I know it's valuable. I appreciate you guys. Um, and we will catch you again later. Have a great Monday. You are loved and seen and forgiven. What an awesome.